politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to defend liberty to the one and only CR podcast here at Blaze Media. Daniel Horowitz back in the house on Tuesday, January 19th. And folks, I've really been enjoying this national town hall that we have corresponding with all of you. Uh, the emails on Facebook, our Minimum Speak Easy Facebook page, which hopefully we'll find a better home for at some point. Um, our Rumble videos, I'm going to try to put out some more this week. This is this is the way it goes. A lot of you are sending me uh, really good ideas, stories. It's all about organizing. Uh, Madison and Hamilton talked about this with state powers. I know Madison talked a lot about this in with the Kentucky and Virginia rebellions against the Sedition Act, about people and state and local officials corresponding, communicating, communicating together. This is really how it was built in the American Revolution with the committees of correspondence that eventually turned into the Continental Congress. We need to organize, organize, communicate. This is of vital importance, obviously, as we're watching the news the military junta, the Fourth Reich, uh, <laughs> Biden and Min. This is from Carol Lee, NBC reporter. Biden and Min plans to make domestic terrorism key focus of National Security Council. Been looking at ways to shift government resources used for counterterrorism to combat domestic violent extremism. I mean, you can't. I mean, at least they're not ambiguous about it. Pentagon accelerates efforts to root out far right extremism in the military. New York Times. They're literally sitting and vetting people. Um, this is not going to end well, friends. But just remember, the states and getting together, the counties, this is it. This is how we fight back. And look, the ultimate get-together will be for this group, February 7th. Go to constitutioncoach.com, our January sponsor. I believe, like I said, you have till Wednesday night is the deadline. So if you guys want to meet me, meet the audience out at Front Sight, Nevada, the best constitutional defense training from Rick Green and Patriot Academy, go to constitutioncoach.com. Look at the details of the three-day training, five-day training, which one works out better for you. I will be at the three-day, but you know, if you can't make it then, go to the five-day and you will learn how to proper, properly conceal carry how to, how to win a gunfight if, God forbid, you're in one. Um, and most of all, you'll be able to correspond and meet with the best patriots in this country, in this audience. Really a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity um, to organize. Even if we only get like 50 patriots to come together and correspond with ideas, there is so much that can be done. So again, go to constitutioncoach.com. I really hope to see all you guys there. Let me know if you have questions. You can email me at dharwitz at blazemedia.com. Now, remember, Madison, he understood when he talked about the system that he was going to create a large republic. At the time, people looked at him like he was crazy. Well, isn't a large republic going to be more tyrannical? And his point was no. 
if you have a small state like Rhode Island back then or Delaware, and they're independent and there's no federal union, and you have one faction seize control, the minority is screwed. Now is his point, it's much easier to have tyranny. Likewise, you go to the other end of the spectrum, you have one federal government and no republic that's multi-layered. Then, you know, obviously you could have tyranny everywhere. But his point was that they already had local and state governments, which were good, but now we're going to filter it through a federal government. So we're going to have three layers of government. Even if one day would come when they supplant the Constitution, supplant the Bill of Rights, supplant the Declaration of Independence, take away our God-given freedoms, he felt there was no way without an insane complacency from the people to have everyone be under their thumb to have that faction take over fully everywhere because it was too multi-layered. And, and you got to believe that the people through some of the legitimate institutions, some of the legislatures, some of the counties, some of the sheriffs should be able to push back. That was his dream. And the fact that we're not actualizing that is our fault is because we've been, obs- we've been ob- obsequious to everything that the left has done, even in areas that are clearly not oriented that way, areas that Trump has carried two to one, three to one. And that's where we need to go. So here's the point. I don't want to hear about Trump headed forward from the left or from the right. If you're from the left, unless you're an outright communist, you're a fool to continue focusing on Trump. He's neutered, he's silenced, he's gone as of tomorrow. If you're not concerned by what you're seeing in blue state capitals, but maybe even some red state capitals, and then obviously in the federal capital, the military junta, the weeding out the military, the focusing counterterrorism on domestic. If you're not concerned about that, you're a fool. I don't care if you're a conservative, a liberal. Trump is no longer a threat to you if you thought he was a threat. You need to change your focus. And likewise on the right. It's time to build a new movement. A sanctuary movement that speaks beyond one person. I mean, again, Trump is spending his last day in office. Uh, Ivanka and Alice Johnson, that coke trafficker, are convincing him to commute sentences of punks. I mean, really, this this is this is what we're worried about. Look, I could go and spend days saying, "See, I told you so" about the last four years and how I was right and how we lost focus. But it's not about me, and that's why I don't spend the time. I want to spend the time going forward. How could we all unite? Not just as conservatives, but really anyone. If you're not a downright authoritarian, you should be very concerned about this. You need a check and balance on this behavior. And that's what Madison envisioned. He said the smaller the society, the fewer probably will be the distinct parties and interests composing it. The fewer the distinct parties and interests, the more frequently will a majority be found of the same party. And the smaller the number of individuals composing a majority, 
and the smaller the compass within which they are placed, the more easily will they concert and execute their plans of oppression. Extend the sphere and you take a greater variety of parties and interests, you make it less probable that a majority of the whole will have a common motive to invade the rights of other citizens. Or, if such a common motive exists, it will be more difficult for all who feel it to discover their own strength and to act in unison with each other. Besides other impediments, it may be remarked that where there is a conscientious of unjust or dishonorable purposes, communication is always checked by distrust in proportion to the numbers whose concurrence is necessary. That's very important. Concurrence is necessary. In order to carry out the COVID fascism, the First Amendment stuff, he really needs the state legislatures, the governors, the sheriffs, the county commissioners, the prosecutors, local prosecutors to concur with it. And if they downright resist and join with the people, it would be much harder. This speaks to the time we live in, folks. That was Madison in um, Federalist 10, by the way. It's a hard read, but that's where he explains this multi-layered, filtered republic. That's where we need to take it. State legislatures. I mean, Alexander Hamilton said that they would jealously they would be jealous guardians of the rights of the citizens. He wrote that in Federalist 26. They would quote sound the alarm alarm to the people, unquote, when the national government is trying to come after them. This is where we need to organize. This is where it's at. Madison described public opinion, petitions, protests, as well as instructions politi- to like political representatives. All that together was what he called interposition. This is what he pushed pushed in the Virginia and Kentucky legislatures during the Sedition Act in 1798. All these options together as, quote, the several constitutional modes of interposition by the states against abuses of powers. And I'm going to give you an example of that in a moment that is being done so well. And then we're going to have a special guest on from Michigan who stands at the nexus of this tyranny of the federal government and and very effective local organizing. But first, a word from our sponsor today, ExpressVPN. Folks, if you supported Trump, or if you're just not a communist, you understand they're coming for you. They're going to continue their campaign of censorship, repression, cancel culture, until every last voice is crushed. They're backed by the media, and some of the largest corporate companies in the world, and really the government itself. Big tech and the far left have formed the impervious bond to track, censor, and spy on us. We always wonder, how did they accumulate such power? And the answer is because we all haven't been using ExpressVPN for, you know, really since day one. Everything you search for, click, watch, is tracked, and then they match it to your IP address and they sell it. That's how they become so powerful. When you switch to ExpressVPN, like I did with my computer and iPhone, I think we have one iPad we use for homeschooling and a laptop, 
your v- your IP is masked by a secure VPN server. And that makes it much harder for the websites to identify you. It encrypts your network data. It also protects sensitive information from other hackers, not just big tech. You could use it up on up to five devices for the basic subscription. And again, it's just one click on all your devices. That's why it's rated number one by CNET and Wired. So folks, stop handing over your data to big tech companies and their far-left enablers in government. Defend your rights with the VPN I trust for my devices. Put a mask on your IP, not on your face. Visit expressvpn.com slash conservative. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash conservative to get three extra months free. Go to expressvpn.com conservative right now to learn more and fight back against big tech. And again, I mean, this is what it is. It's an amalgamation of many things. There's no silver bullet. You have to fight back in the business world. You know, as we push concurrent with a, a governmental approach at county and states to, to end these mask mandates and the lockdowns. We're also going to have to work on publicizing and patronizing vi- uh, businesses and stores that don't require masks versus those that do. I mean, this is the type of thing we're going to have to do. None of us wanted to live our lives this way, but we have no choice. They foisted it upon us. So I want to read to you one great example that I really believe was Madison's vision played out. So you have the feds and then even the state in a place like uh, New Mexico with Graham, what, what's her name, Lucian Grisham, pushing fascism. I love the way this one sheriff from Lincoln County kind of south-central part of the state, Lincoln County, New Mexico, pushed back. And to me, this is the model. This is what we need everywhere. So this guy, Sheriff Michael Wood, the important thing to know is he was just sworn in 13 days ago. He's a new sheriff. And you'll see why that's important. You see, the problem is we've gotten into all this wordy debate Science, data, does this work, does that work? And when you're explaining, you're losing. The left doesn't explain, if if you've noticed. They don't debate. They do. They do to serve Baal. They do to serve idols, to serve communism. So shouldn't we do to, to, to abide by the Constitution? And we don't draw a line in the sand like, dude, uh, you can't do that. You can't rule over human beings. You're a governor, you're a mayor, you're a president. That's lovely. You're the chief executive officer of that respective branch of government. You are not a king. Okay? That is it. So the tone, you really have to see it. He posted it on the Lincoln County Sheriff's uh, Facebook page last Wednesday. But the tone is beautiful. So, you know, you, you have all these governors and mayors like, we are hearing rumors that people... Businesses are being opened. We're going to come after you. We are hearing that there's been a violation and people, we believe they're not wearing masks. And by the way, they say that even when people are. So you can appreciate his tone. Madam Governor, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Michael T. Wood and I'm the lawfully elected sheriff of Lincoln County, New Mexico. 
I took office January 1st, 2021. It has been brought to my attention that under your authority, government officials have been acting under color of law within the confines of Lincoln County, New Mexico, pursuant to a public health order. It has been reported to me that local businesses have been interrupted and business owners have been threatened with unreasonable fines and threats of imprisonment without having committed any criminal offense. At no time in my 13 days in office have I been personally contacted and made aware of this activity. As a newly elected sheriff, I had hoped to hear from you by now. Please consider this correspondence an immediate cease and desist order issued by the office of the Lincoln County Sheriff until I've been consulted. In short, I have questions and I want answers. I've earned this consideration and my citizens deserve it. Please contact my office administrator <laughs> and set up an appointment. Thank you and I look forward to hearing from you. I mean, folks, that's how it's done. Like, you know, you'd expect, look, you know, it's been going on for 10 months. We're very concerned. You're taking it a little bit too far. We wonder. You know, he's like, hey, you know, I just got into power. You know, someone said that there's um, business owners being threatened. Like, yeah, I mean, like, that's that's where it should be. We start agreeing to like 10 premises and we start complaining about premise number 11. It's like, hey, uh, you know, I, it's been brought to my attention. The Constitution is being violated. I mean, you wouldn't happen to be violating the Constitution, right? That's what the founders envisioned. That all of us, the people, organizations, media, county, state, federal, and respective three branches in in each one, everyone needs to jealously guard the Constitution. That is the supreme law of the land. And that's where we need to head. This is in a it's something like 67. Trump won the county 67-31. There's hundreds of counties, if not over a thousand counties, that are at least that conservative. We should have a thousand counties easy. Again, Trump won probably like 2,500 of them. Uh, 2,700 maybe. But I mean, easily a thousand counties where we have the sheriff, the county commissioner, county executive if, if it applies, county prosecutor, clerk, treasurer, whatever. Sign off, a county judge, really, ideally. Sign off and say, we're going to follow the Constitution. There might be some gray areas, we'll defer. But where it's black and white, when we're talking about life, liberty, property, First Amendment, right to free speech, exercise of religion, freedom to assemble, Second Amendment. We're going to follow the Constitution. And, and, and we're going to go out and investigate to, to make sure there's no unlawful behavior. And that unlawful behavior is the behavior of a of, of illusion Grisham, of a Joe Biden violating the Constitution. There's a lot of talk today about this man who calls himself a woman who's the health director in Pennsylvania being tapped for the number, basically the, I believe it's the number two job at, at HHS, the deputy secretary of HHS. This is the woman who instituted the death panel at the, um, what did I say, woman? She's a, it's, it's, he's, a, he's a man, thinks, thinks he's a woman. Instituted the death trap at the nursing homes 
like Cuomo did. She did that. He did that in Pennsylvania. And then he pulled out his own mother beforehand. This this man belongs in jail. And everyone's outraged that Biden is picking this freak show. And I'm like, so what? My point is, the last time I checked, last time I checked, Republicans control 31 legislatures. I don't know how many county governments they control. It's a little bit complicated. But Trump won 83% of the counties. There should be significant portions of the of the country where whatever rules this guy promulgates based on COVID should be persona non grata. They, they should be non-starters. As Madison said, you need the concurrence of too many people to institute tyranny in the republic he designed. So let's utilize that. That's where we're holding here. This is where everyone needs to focus. They could do what they want. But let them enforce it at a local level. Again, he's going to have a lot of latitude in screwing up the military. He's going to have a lot of latitude in kissing up to the cartels and Hezbollah and Iran, Venezuela, Cuba. And and, and that's the price of a stolen election. But at the end of the day, having us wear muzzles in our communities, shutting down our businesses, engaging in child abuse against children when Every day I haven't even gotten to more and more studies come out that there is no spread among them. Negligible. Do you you know that right now you actually have more of a concerted grassroots effort in freaking England than America pushing back against the child abuse? Think about that. Think about that. That is very scary. And, um, you know, we're obviously not doing enough about it. We're not. This is from the Guardian, UK Guardian. Boris Johnson is facing demands from doctors, senior politicians, and charities for a wide-ranging commission to examine the pandemic's devastating effect on children amid growing concerns about its impact on their education, development, and mental health. A major coalition of child health experts warns that many families are being swept into poverty by the pandemic, which is set to uh, significantly add to the 4 million children living in deprivation before the COVID crisis. And they focus on the long-term impacts of lockdowns and school closures. It's, I, mean, I mean, again, you find that in Switzerland, Italy, there is more of a robust movement to fight back in these countries. And ironically, we have more power with our federalist system, with the county governments and the state legislatures. But again, the answer is simple. Republicans suck and our grassroots, and I'll include myself in it, I'm not going to th- you know, point fingers, we have been derelict, we have been complacent. In not pressuring these people enough. This Levin guy in uh, the, the, the tranny in Pennsylvania, he was confirmed by the Republican legislature several times for positions. 
So, I mean, that's the issue. We need to be all over them. You know, this talk about how they were terrified of supporting impeachment. Terrified. All these Republicans. And that's good. But we need to extend that beyond the cult of Trump's personality and defending Trump. We need to push that for what the MAGA movement really stood for. It's got to go against the COVID fascism. Go against anything they're pushing that's not America first. Every state legislature should have, you know, j- just this month in Florida, um, thanks to Ron DeSantis, the state's E-Verify law was implemented. Every state that Republicans control should have an E-Verify law. Everyone's worried, you know, with uh, Biden inviting an invasion into this country. Make them that they can't get jobs. Mandatory E-Verify. Reject refugee resettlement. Reject COVID fascism. All of it. And then again, the more these guys do this, the more it will be bottom up and then any Republican senators that go along with it and don't filibuster what they want to do at a federal level, they'll stand out like a sore thumb. That's the issue. And and Joe Manchin will have real, real pressure, which he hasn't gotten if the West Virginia legislature and, and actually acts Republican for once. Like before, before I get to our guest for the second part of the show... I just want to mention one more thing. There's a lot of talk about the chairman of the Wyoming Republican Party. He was on Steve Bannon's show. And they held, uh, the Republican committee there held a vote. It was unanimous to censure Congresswoman Liz Cheney for voting to impeach Trump. And that was good. Finally fighting back at a local level. So this guy was on Steve Bannon's show. Frank, uh, what's his name? Um, Ethorn. And he basically said, this is, you know, making headlines. That they're looking in the western states to push back. And um, many of these Western states have the ability to sell, be self-reliant, and we're keeping eyes on Texas, too, and their consideration of possible secession. Now, they have a different state constitution than we do as, a, as far as wording, but it is something that we're all paying attention to. And I was thinking, look, I want people red-pilled. We need secession. Again, we have the right to do that. Because they have violated the Constitution systemically, not in the past, but in the future. They're taking everything away from us. But it's not going to work in a number of ways. But my point is, we don't even need to go that far. I'm not trying to rebuke this guy, but I'm just saying, we haven't even done the things in between that. What the left has done in California. Why isn't Wyoming a a conservative version of, of, of California? It's not. There's two Democrats left in the state Senate. They have insane majorities there. It's not just Liz Cheney. We have John Barrasso in the Senate. 
as a senator who supported, who said he would support impeachment or is open to it. How was he elected? Governor Mark Gordon is a COVID fascist. How is he able to get elected? How doesn't he's up for re-election? How does he not have a primary right now? What about the attorney general standing up for the rule of law? What about the state legislature? Meaning, start with that. For You don't even need to go the secession route. If the chairman of the Republican Party had control over the messaging and the grassroots of electing conservatives at a state level, they'd be able to push back against all this nonsense. It wouldn't be formal secession. But no COVID fascism. But Wyoming is not like Florida. It's not as open as Florida. Why not? Start with that. You know, everyone's on a secession civil war, but I'm like, well, start with making red counties and red states red again, just with your own elected Republicans simply not going along with this, not stepping on the gas pedal, and embracing what Biden wants. Mark Gordon, I mean, I challenge people to find disagreements between Wyoming Governor Mark Gordon and Joe Biden. This is where we need to head before we start talking about that. Then come back to me. So that's where we are. That, that, that's where we are with this. There's a lot more going on, but I want to get to our guest today. So, folks, I want to move this discussion on to our guest, Gary Saldano. You know, when we're talking about harnessing local grassroots, local government, sheriffs, county commissions, when necessary and when possible, state legislatures and governors to push back against violations of the Bill of Rights, I think of a guy like Gary Saldano because Garrett has really gone through and has now experienced firsthand both ends of the tyranny, the COVID fascism, and then now the First Amendment fascism, where literally if you hold certain views the government doesn't like, they'll come after you. Garrett's a practicing uh, chiropractor, but he's more well-known recently for starting Michiganders Against Excessive Quarantine as a co-founder of the organization that turned into Stand Up Michigan um, to fight all these unconstitutional edicts we saw last year. They had uh, uh, over 400,000 followers. It was pretty much the best grassroots organization I've seen uh, put together to fight this uh, just gross violation of the Constitution. And then a couple days ago, he was paid a visit by two FBI agents because someone said Garrett is an extremist. And I was thinking, are we living in Stalinist Russia? What is going on here? So with us today is none other than Garrett Saldano. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, Daniel, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's, it's been an interesting year, that's for sure, for all of us. It really has been. It's, it's amazing. And it's all happened in that year. You go back to January 19th, 2020. I, I know we had profligacy. We had hedonism. We had out of control debt regulations. I don't think we ever envisioned the notion that a government could force us to wear a mask the rest of our life, could tr- make children kneel under their desks and put on masks for seven hours, could criminalize free speech and freedom of assembly But I really got goosebumps when I heard your story on Saturday that you were paid a visit by the FBI and you weren't even in Washington at the rally. Could you give us as much details as you can? What exactly happened to you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
and that's one thing I've always been as transparent with our movement. And you can go all the way back to the very beginning, you know, every interview, every live, every post, I've always preached that we've always been a nonviolent positive movement. I don't know how many more times I have to say it. Obviously I have to continue to say it because somebody basically turned me into the FBI stating that I was a violent extremist and I was going to do something horrible. And so the FBI called my wife's phone and I was actually studying and my wife comes in and says, Garrett, the FBI is on the phone. I was like, okay, great. What's this going to be about? And he just went on to tell me that somebody reported me and he would like to have a conversation. And I said, Hey, I have, I have nothing to hide. You're more than welcome to come over to my house. And he says, are you sure? I said, absolutely. You're, you're more than welcome to come over to my house. And he said, you don't mind if we park outside? I said, nope, I've been getting death threats all throughout the summer. There's nothing new for my neighbors. They've seen cops at my house numerous times. And he said, okay. So he came over and uh, I invited him in and we sat down and had a cup of coffee and it was a good two hour long conversation. And I found out that somebody turned me in for a post that I did. Um, and in this post, I quoted Adolf, Hit Adolf Hitler. And look, in one thing that I, I'm a history buff. And I'm always going to learn from the great people like MLK, John Lewis, Abraham Lincoln, and also the bad people in our history, Stalin, um, uh, Hitler. And we want to make sure that we don't cancel those things, that we talk about them. And basically what I did is I quoted Hitler as only in the struggle between two philosophies can the weapon of brutal force persistently and ruthlessly applied lead to a decision for the side it supports. And I went into my video telling everybody out there how horrible Hitler was and how evil a person he was. However, what the leftists are doing with censorship right now is exactly what Hitler did to gain power in Germany, in Nazi Germany, is to censor, is to control the narrative. And that's exactly what's happening to conservatives who don't support the leftist narrative. Wait, but but Garrett, I'm, I'm a little bit confused here. Because there's something very disturbing about what you just said. I get it that, you know, the agents were were polite. And, and look, most of the field agents are decent law enforcement guys. But it's the leadership, I think, that we're all concerned about and where this is headed. What I don't understand is I, I get it that, you know, you mentioned Hitler even in a way that you're, you're actually trying to warn about fascism um, that Facebook or whatever, you know, big tech will censor it. That, you know, that's par for the course and we get it. But to have government come in and question you, so that is a new red line. And, you know, my concern is even if someone quoted Hitler admiringly, and I say this as someone who's Jewish, um, look, you know, there's there's a bright red line between free speech and violence, and they're not hard to discern. And, and someone has a right to admire Hitler. He has a right to be a neo-Nazi um, much less be a conservative. Uh, you don't have a right to blow things up and to threaten to blow things up. And that's a clear line that the FBI should see. What concerns me is, and I want to know if you have any insight into this, you're a known quantity. And any FBI agent, and these guys you know, comb the internet and they search everything, they should know exactly what you're about and who you are. And the fact that a random person could just say, I think this guy is dangerous, and you get a call... That really concerns me. Yeah, especially in the past, I've never hinted towards any violence or any destruction of buildings and riots or anything like that. I mean, all the evidence is right there. And so it, it is a little concerning that 
you know, one person calls up or even if four or five people and the post is right there and all I did is quoted somebody. And then if they would have just went a step farther and actually watched the first two minutes of the video, they would have seen that I denounced Hitler and he was evil. But for them to, you know, call and want to talk because of a post, um, that, that, but again, that even if you supported Hitler, I'm saying, and again, I say this as someone who's Jewish, you know, that that is freedom of speech. And we got to be very careful because I've said this to a lot of people. Yeah, I wish neo-Nazis never existed. But the problem is to the left, anyone who disagrees with them is a Nazi. So, you know, they start censoring people. And when I say censoring, I don't just mean big tech. When I heard your story, I said, wait a minute. I'm putting it all together. Big tech is obviously censoring. Then you have the FBI casting a very wide net on what happened in D.C. in terms of who they're going after, um, really borderline criminalizing, just having been at the Capitol, which unlike the rioters that were you know, trashing Macy's and Target and small businesses that you know clearly never have a right to be there, they did have a right to be there if they weren't being violent. Um, a lot of them were let in by the police. And they're going after them. They're putting up signs. They're encouraging people to snitch and to turn people in. It comes at the backdrop of a year of COVID fascism. Then you have the military junta in in Washington that's going on right now. And then the purging and vetting of the National Guard. You put this all together and it's like, wait a minute. I mean, this is like, this is very scary. What did you come away with? What was your impression from the FBI who put them up to it, where, you know, I know it was a good conversation, but are you concerned that they're going to start going after people like us that call for resisting tyranny in nonviolent means, um, as has been done by every opposition? You know, the Democrats did this under under uh, um, Trump uh, violently, I would say. Uh, and we always understood that. Are you concerned that we're at the cusp of criminalizing political opposition? Yeah, I mean, I'm very concerned because what we have right now is a lot of elected officials that continue to stir the pot, that that continue to try to keep us divided. Um, The double standard that's going on that we've we've seen over the past year. And then we got this clown Steve Cohen um, comes out and plants seeds of basically telling the the overwhelming white National Guard could be threat to Joe Biden as most did not vote for him. You know, my father's a retired Army, uh, Michigan Army National Guard colonel. And, you know, these people who serve this great country, they took an oath to uphold the Constitution. And he's basically saying that their oath means nothing and that they are going to allow their own political views to get in the way of their oath. And that was a slap in the face to any serviceman and woman, um, my father, my family, and all of us should be concerned because we have these elected officials that continue to throw out this double standard, this garbage, to continue to gaslight everybody. And that's why we're in the mess that we're in right now. I mean, look what's going on in our society with a virus that we all have well over a 99% chance of surviving if infected. It's all fear-mongering. It's like what we talked about before with, with these uh, elected officials, these governors that are weaponizing health departments and OSHA to continue with these excessive overreach to these small businesses. And yeah, I, I'm definitely concerned. You know, this should not happen. And when you have the FBI come to your house because somebody called on you, 
then that puts fear in the society. And there's a lot of people out there that are, are love this country, that love America, that love this flag, that would like to run for office, but they may be afraid to run for office because the catastrophic consequences that will be brought to them personally, maybe to their business, um, they may be fired from their jobs. And so it's, we're at a very, very uh, thin line right now. We're at a crossroads. And that's why I tell everybody, everybody wants to know what actions can I take? What can I do? Yes. Well, if you have that feeling in your heart, in your soul, that you want to serve this great country, your great state, your county, I don't care what it is, you need to run for office. I don't care if it's school board, city council, um, any type of government. We need great people to stand up and run now. So I'm glad you mentioned school board and city council. We've been talking about all day and really the last couple of weeks about our only option is to at least take the red counties, certainly red states, and fight back against against uh, tyranny at a higher level, whether it's a violation of property rights, whether it's 14th Amendment violations, whether it's certainly the growing threat of you know feds or state government arresting people for merely assembling um, with no hint of violence or, you know, just expressing certain political views that the government feels they don't like, which is literally why our, our country was created. These are bedrock, you know, foundations of the declaration. And it's got to be fought back at a local level. I saw that there were two counties in the upper peninsula of Michigan. Maybe there's more that had county officials, sheriffs sign a letter and say, look, you know, we're going to follow the Constitution here. You organized a very large grassroots, co-founded Stand Up Michigan. Where do you see this movement headed where the left has succeeded in nine, ten months of lockdowns, masking, um, basically saying the Constitution doesn't exist if you just say COVID in a sentence, and now you say right-wing terrorism, so the First Amendment doesn't exist. What do you think could be done in states like Michigan where – Say, you know, you got a Democrat governor, but you have a Republican legislature. You have a lot of counties that are conservative. What do you think could be done? And what what do you plan to do with your grassroots effort? Well, I'm going to continue to to build it. And and that's the main thing that I'm going to do is continue to be transparent. Always give my following up-to-date, accurate, and truthful information. Continue to expose what I call the clown show that's going on right now, because none of this makes any sense. You know, Daniel, I wouldn't even have a platform if the, the research, the science, and data came out and proved that I've been wrong ever since the beginning. The opposite has been proven true. Everything that I've said ever since the beginning has been proven factual. Now it's backed by science and data. And that's what I want everybody out there to know, because I know a lot of you are still in the shadows. And you just have that feeling in your gut that something was off in the beginning when they started doing all these lockdowns and taking away our citizens' rights, our sacred values and constitutional freedoms. I want you all to know that that feeling was right. You were right. Because now the science and the data is coming out and proving everything that we said ever since the beginning. Just yesterday, the the Stanford published a study that lockdowns didn't stop the spread of COVID-19 after all. And they're finding out that the states who locked down the most are actually doing the worst. And so, and they continue with this narrative and they continue with this fear mongering, you know, and you look at governor DeSantis, I'm a fan of this guy. You know, he, he was trying to do what was right in the beginning, but he was one of the first people to open up the beaches and everybody threw him underneath the bus saying, Oh, watch we're upon COVID hell in Florida. 
nothing happened. And then when he started opening up the restaurants, the same thing. Even our governor went on there and started bashing on him and how he was doing it, doing it wrong. You wait. It's going to be COVID everywhere. Guess what happened? Nothing. He did it right. And so here's what I would like to tell everybody out there, because I know this is a national broadcast, is I'm going to apologize as a citizen of the state of Michigan right now for our governor. Because unfortunately, our governor has her handout right now for the federal government to come bail her out for her poor decision-making and how she crashed our economy because we're in a new virus, what I'm talking about now. A new virus is upon us, folks. It's not COVID. It's called the economy virus. And some of these states are very, very sick. We got Michigan, California, New York, New Jersey, Illinois, and much more. And the rest of the states who had great leadership, who did it right, Unfortunately, those citizens are going to have to pay for our unfortunate leadership. So I would like to apologize to everybody out there listening right now from the state of Michigan that we allowed this to happen. So what I'm going to do, Daniel, is I'm going to continue to grow my movement, and I am contemplating a possible run for governor. We are putting the machine together right now to see if that's even possible. And so we'll see what God has in store for me. But I've said this time and time again, Daniel, if you want to make God laugh, you tell him your plans. If you would have told me a year and I'd be having a conversation about or with you about what's going on and what's happened and what may possibly happen in the future with my career choice, I would have laughed you right out of the room. But one thing that this has taught me over the past year, and I want everybody out there to know and understand and believe that there is hope. We will all be the lantern in the darkness of today's challenges. And don't you ever think that you can't make a difference because the power of one can lead to the power of many. You just need to stand up and put yourself out there and everything will be all right. I guarantee it. And, and and I really appreciate the way your mind is thinking with keeping it local. To me, the governorships are the most important thing we need to pursue. Forget about the Senate map. I mean, I'm not saying that forget about anything. You could walk and chew gum. But you know what I mean? The Senate, it's like there's the, the left pretty much has a 95-5 majority in the U.S. Senate. I mean, that's just how it is. Um, but like we saw for the for the worse but hopefully we'll see it for the better these decisions are decided at a state and local level and you know if if we have leadership like ron DeSantis in 20 more states we could have a refuge for liberty in the country and over time it will bleed over because people from other states will be saying hey why are we living a lie when they're doing this and i look at all these states that are up the governorships alabama Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, um, Florida's up again. We certainly want him reelected. Georgia, Idaho, Iowa. Um, you go on, and then obviously you have ones that are kind of swing states, but they're usually pretty red in an off year when Dems are in charge. Uh, Michigan and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. You also have Nebraska, Ohio, Oklahoma, um, Tennessee, Texas, Wyoming. All these states we should have a Ron DeSantis in every one of those. I mean, it should be a no-brainer. And if we did, you would have that check and balance that I was speaking about before I brought you on, that Madison envisioned with the larger republic filtered through several layers of government that he talked about um, in Federalist 10. In order for tyranny to succeed, you would need a degree of consensus that would be very hard for one tyrannical faction to achieve. And unfortunately they're achieving it because too many of our people have been complacent for too long. But I think that's really the opportunity now. Um, 
Any closing advice for people in red states, red counties in particular, trying to fight back against these unconstitutional edicts? Number one, hold the line. We have to hold the line. We have to get great people, great people who are going to unite this country. You know, the majority of Americans, now we have our fringes, right, on the left and the right. You know, they're the minority and they're the loudest. However, we have the people in the middle. We have to bring the conversation in towards the middle against unite this country. And the leftists don't want that, obviously. They want to continue to censor and shut everybody up. So number one, we got to hold the line. Number two, Daniel, what you just said with the checks and balances, 100%. We should always have the right people in the office who are going to honor how this country was founded. The state should have the power. There should be checks and balances in our system of government that should never be infringed upon. And that's what our governor did in the state of Michigan is she bypassed the legislature, the, we, the people that we, the people, elected. She bypassed them and started to declare a state of emergency, and she kept us in a state of emergency indefinitely, and she continued with her tyrannical behavior, bypassing the elected officials. So much, in fact, that we did a petition to take away those powers of 19, the 1945 law, which she was um, basing those decisions off of, and we needed like 300 and I think 43,000 signatures. We got over 539,000 signatures in 80 days. And we're still waiting for the Secretary of State to confirm those. Weird how that hasn't happened yet. But just to put it to the point, the Supreme Court, the Michigan Supreme Court, ruled in favor of the legislature and deemed every executive order that she did ever since the end of April to be unconstitutional. So then we thought we won. And then she weaponized the health department. So this is what we have to do is get the right people in the office and make sure that there's no overreach of government, regardless of a pandemic, in a state of emergency. Because look what has happened. They take a virus, which you have over a 99% chance of survival rate if infected. They fear monger. They push it in the mainstream media. They push it in social media. If they disagree with them, they try to cancel your culture. They try to cancel your business. They attack your business all for a narrative to keep in a state of emergency so they can control power and have power. That's what we need to learn from this mess past year, because no governor should ever have this much power. That is that sounds like a great gubernatorial campaign slogan that, you know, someone running for governor on the promise of limiting their own power to control people. And I think, you know, that is really the tradition of George Washington, that when you're in a position that you can not only seize power, but the media will exalt you if you seize that power and they'll trash you. If you cede the power, there's no political incentive to do so. But nonetheless, you do what's right. That's what DeSantis did. He, um, his uh, approval ratings tumbled initially. Now, now people are seeing that he's a statesman. But initially, you know, he had 65, 70 percent approval. It tumbled. Uh, Cuomo's approval skyrocketed, and this is the problem. And uh, you know that that's that's a great campaign slogan. Keep us updated on your plans. Uh, this is a very pivotal state. We need the governorships, not just in Republican hands, really. Um, we need it in hands of people who follow the Constitution. Both parties are not doing that. Uh, where could people find you and get in touch with you? Well, right now, you can find me on all my platforms. If you just look up Garrett L. Soldano, uh, I am still afloat on Facebook, barely. <laughs> I have a public <laughs> figure page that you can find. It's G-A-R-R-E-T-T, middle initial L as in Lee, and last name Soldano, S-O-L-D as in David, A-N-O. I'm also on, well, I was on Parler. Well, hopefully they can get that platform back up. 
Um, but YouTube channel, Garrett Soldano. So if you just look up my name, you'll find it. And that's how we can continue to grow this movement and continue to hold the line, Daniel. And that's what we have to do as Americans um, or this country will be slowly taken away from us. Wow. Very wise words there. And again, uh, we wish you success with your endeavors. I hope you do run in the end and you'll keep us updated. Folks, that was Garrett Saldano, former uh, co-founder of Stand Up Michigan, contemplating a gubernatorial bid. You could check him out online um, pretty much anywhere, Facebook and all those platforms until he's thrown off. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Daniel. Have a great day. God bless you, sir. And there you have it, folks. We're about out of time here. Again, I'm going to continue mixing darkness with light, warning you on the severity, but trying to give some path forward. Um, This is scary. I mean, how does the bubble pop? What is going to happen? When you have the militarization of Washington, the junta, the purging of the military, the FBI going out and questioning a a guy like Garrett, if a guy like Garrett could get a call from the FBI... You know, what about someone who's a little bit more feisty than him? When I say feisty, I don't mean a guy that's planning, you know, to plant a bomb. But I mean, you know, that's a big point. And I kept I kept making that point, you know, when he was saying, look, you know, I wasn't praising Hitler. I was I was warning about him. And, and my point was like, and let's say someone likes Hitler. You know, I'm sure I have, you know, extended relatives going back to whatever that were still in Europe at the time that uh, probably were exterminated by him. But my point is, freedom of speech is freedom of speech, and it's a very dangerous line to cross. If someone legitimately looks like they're planning an attack, certainly you go in to inquire and investigate. And to investigate, it's not the same standard as to arrest someone, but if, if that's the standard for just making an inquiry, that's very scary, especially when we know the FBI has ignored so many real legitimate threats when they're Islamic in nature or just other threats like the Nashville Christmas bomber. That is very scary. I mean, you just heard from the guy that got a real visit and he he wasn't even at the D.C. thing on January 6th. So that's very scary. Again, I mean, I'm going to try to put maybe in one article a 10-point plan, a a checklist of things we need to do primarily in red states and red counties, uh, policies, elections, uh, to fight back. Because if we don't do this immediately before there's strong power consolidated at a federal level and through a number of states parroting it and working with them, we're going to be really screwed. Um, And we're really going to have nowhere to run uh, unlike what Madison thought, but but let, let's utilize uh, the little freedom we have while we have it to fight back before it's too late. Again, look for my videos at Rumble at Harwitz Citizen Sanctuary. Um, continue uh, organizing at our Minimum Speak Easy Facebook page. Email me, dharwitz at Blaze Media anytime. We have to pray for peace, pray for God's guidance. Stay safe, stay faithful, and folks, with God's help, we'll win this. 